0: Here we go! Here we go! Raider Nation. Raider Nation. Welcome to the Silver and Black Hack Podcast. Raider. Your home for the most real Raiders takes, predictive stats, and advanced analytics. We bleed silver and black. Here are your hosts, Raider Heart and Raspy Raider. <laughs>
1: What's happening, Raider Nation? Welcome back to the Silver and Black Hack Podcast. I'm your host, Raider Hart, and in this Raiders-Bengals recap show, <sighs> Raiders lose another one, big time. The Raiders lose 32-13 to 13 to Joe Burrow and the visiting Cincinnati Bengals. And we're going to go over why the Raiders offense has suddenly gone MIA. You know, what's really going on there? And related to that, is it time to finally consider the unthinkable? Is it time to consider a change at QB? Is it time to look at Mariota? And another wasted effort from the Raiders' defense. But before we get into any of that, guys, as always, we're looking for your engagement out there, guys. So you can find us on social media. We're active just about every day on there. You can hit us up on Facebook. You can hit us up on Twitter. And that's Twitter's usually the best place. That's the where the most and most intelligent Raider discussion seems to be taking place on social media. No offense to our Facebook fans out there, but you can find us on Twitter at Silver underscore Hack, and uh, you can get this recording or any of our previous recordings from this season or even from season one at just about all the major podcast providers. You can find us on Spotify iTunes, Apple pods, Stitcher, and many, many more guys. So make sure to spread the word. We'd like to say at the beginning of every, every episode, tell your friends, your, your friends, tell your family, your coworkers, anybody that you know out there that is a, a fan of the Las Vegas Raiders and tell tell them to join, tell them to join the, the silver and black hack experience, like share and subscribe, send us your questions so we can answer those again. We have a short week. Remember, guys, we have a short week this week with the quick turnaround for the Thanksgiving game. But this one, this episode is all about what happened on Sunday. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host here, Mr. Raspy Raider. Feeling a little bit under the weather today, but was able to, to make it. I'm not sure if it was a bug that was going around, if it was just raider You know, I think a lot of us are kind of feeling a little bit under the weather after what we saw from the Raiders yesterday and in recent years, but uh raspy, you know, first off, how you feeling? And, uh, I don't even know what else to say, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, you might be right, brother. It might be the Raider bug. I, uh, threw up more than, uh, I haven't a very long time. Uh, figured it was maybe a stomach bug, but also told heart. Maybe it was just, uh, the aftermath of that sickening performance by uh, Derek Carr and this offense all the way across the board, man, there was, there was nobody that showed up. You know I mean? Our, our line gave him some help. You know, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't be so hard on him. He, He is, uh, he is regressing at a rapid rate, man. And this is, this is not a fluke. This, this happens and has been happening for years. And, uh, like we've said before and you know, everybody give him a defense, give him a defense. Well, we yeah, now has a better defense than he's had since he's ever been here. And we are falling off quicker than we have in the last three years. So I don't think I need to beat that one, you know, any bit anymore on that. Cause I think that just, it speaks for itself, but I am just disgusted, man. I am so, so sick and tired of this nonsense. What is going on, man? How, how, Hart and I talked about this. How can a guy go from one week, you know, throwing for a higher percentage than you know Drew Brees, and then the next week he can't hit the broadside of a barn, or you know, I, just the the vast differences of how he can come out and play and what that does to our team is just nothing short of miraculous and not in a good way. I'm I'm done, man. I'm I'm done watching this. Over and over and over again, there's teams out there that would wish to have the stability, quarterbacks that would love and wish to have the stability that cars had as far as I get it. There's a lot going on in our franchise, but I'm saying as far as the same system for four plus years, yeah, job security, man, just. Everybody having his back completely and just gut punching our franchise with these piss poor performances and games where we flat out need him. man. I get this is a team game, but this is, they call the quarterback the most, you know, the, they how, exactly how they word that, you know, the most important position in all of sports, man, for a damn reason. You predicate how the thing goes, man. I get it. You're going to have some games where you're not as good as others, but there's games where he's just flat out giving the damn ball, giving the damn game away by handing the ball over to the opposing defense on a regular basis and at a clip that I'm just sick and tired of watching.
1: Yeah, it's – you know, guys, I'm a Derek Carr supporter. I've been over the years. I've been on this show – I don't know. It it may be time. I, I'm not ready to say that yet. I, what I will say though is, if if he's not able to pull us out of this tailspin this season and get us to the playoffs, then I just don't know where this is going. And as much as I admire Derek Carr as a person and as a quarterback, you know, eight years in, and and we, I'm I'm almost at a loss for words here. you Raspi talked about his performances, the roller coaster. You can, you know, Derek Carr can literally outperform Patrick Mahomes one week and then lose to, you know, the Falcons the next week. Or this year, you know, he sets the Drew Daniel Brees Jones. numbers <laughs> and then loses to Daniel Jones the next week. And then, so the thing about Derek Carr is when I'm, when I picture Derek Carr, I must admit to myself, and I admitted to myself last night in a moment of honesty, when I picture Derek Carr, most often than not, I'm, I'm only, focusing on the guy that beat the Ravens. And I'm not thinking as much about the guys, the guy that's tailing off at the end of the year. And Raspy makes a good point when your quarterback can literally, as I was going to say one week, he can beat, you know, he can put up accuracy numbers that drew Brees is, you know, double taking at his phone when he sees the accuracy numbers and only one or two guys in the history of the world has ever done that. And then he's losing the next week. It makes it hard to game plan. Forward. it's not just it makes it hard for the Raiders to game plan it makes it it makes them hard to build around because you don't know is it going to be Aaron Rodgers this week and then the minute that you start okay he's there we're, we're, we're going and then it just goes away and you built your team around this guy like he's going to be Aaron Rodgers or at least an upper echelon quarterback for 70 to 75 percent of the season and when you don't get that it gets very difficult to build around or know what to expect and you know his, his numbers yesterday, you know, 19 of 27 for 215 yards, one touch, one pick, one fumble lost. That's 33 fumbles lost since he's coming to the league. That's led the, that leads the league. Just, just not good. You know, we, we've, there's a point yesterday where, you know, we'd only scored 13 points over the last four quarters. We only ended up scoring 13 points in the game. We went. At one point over, you know, from the Chiefs game forward to the Bengals game, there was a point where we were 11 straight third downs without a successful conversion. You, you know, and the thing that really stands out to me, and, and I got a shout out um, Matt Fallon for this one, but it, it really made me take a second take. After the 3-0 and start, which we were all so excited about, including myself, I was probably right at the the – front of the line there for being excited thinking that this was the year we're going to turn it back around since that 3-0 start we've lost 5 of the last 7 which is bad enough in those 5 losses we've scored 13, 14, 16, 9 and 14 points Raspi
0: on consistency is so key like you said how do you how does he- how do the coaches game plan? Like you said, you know, not even the opposing ourselves. How do we, we don't know what the hell we're going to get. And, and I'm sorry. It doesn't make me feel very warm and fuzzy that he's going to come out and pull himself out of this tailspin because he just flat out hasn't done it. This is three years in a row, the same exact crap, dude. So I do not feel comfortable in any stretch of the word that he's going to pull us out of this, especially with guys like Dallas, the chargers, the Chiefs, the Colts, man, we this is not an easy run we have, man. I, and I just don't see him doing it. So I look back at it as to be like, what in the hell are we doing? Thank God we didn't extend him earlier this season. And I think he had something to do with that. And I'll applaud him on that. But I'm sorry, man. It's just the more things change, the more they stay the damn same. And I'm just done, man. I'm so sick of it. I put so much, and I know you do too, Nation. We all do. So much of our energy and, you know, faith and just heart into this game because we love this game we love this team. And and he just dumps on us, man. And I get it. Maybe I'm being a little harsh, man, but it's it's gone on. This isn't like his third year in the league and I'm bailing on him. Man, I was anointing him in the beginning too. I think I did say, well, we got Derek Christ in the house. We're going to be great, man. He's going to stop all of this. It's not happening. And, and and no matter what seems to transpire, we can continue and continue to make excuses and, and try it each and every different way. There's The results are the same, man. And sometimes, you know, a leopard can't change its spots, man. Sometimes you just have to just deal with it and move on. And what would look any different if we would have done what I wanted us to do in the draft and, and moved up and got Justin Fields? Justin Fields can go lose a game 32 to the Bengals. Justin Fields can cough up fumbles left and right and toss them away. At least if nothing else, we hope that there's some growth in there. I don't see the growth, man. If anything, I see regression, and that scares the hell out of me, man.
1: Well, we have regrets this year.
0: Yeah, where I just don't know what we're to do besides to move on. Now I get it. You know, maybe you can't move on right now. We got to play the season out and see what transpires. But the fact is, man, in in these other games where we've lost and the games have been over, it's like they refuse to bring Mariota in there to see if he can give us any kind of spark. Why? Why do we refuse to do that? I don't even understand why we even went and got the guy. And we paid him a damn good backup salary, man, with a lot of incentives. Are we scared we're going to have to pay some of those incentives or something? I don't know what in the hell we're doing here, man. And this kind of comes down to Mayock, too. Does Mayock and do Mayock and car both need to roll and they can make sure Greg Olson jumps in the whip with them. Well, and Bissachia, um as well. well but- yeah, and I'm not even blaming Rich. He got thrown into a you know you know what show, but you yeah, know, he's not we, the guy we, either, No, but- and I get I get it. I get. It. I'm not making excuses for him either, but that's not what he has ever been. You know, we have no misconceptions. It was all just hope that he could be the guy, and it's showing right. that he's he's not the guy. And I think a lot of this. There is so much. Of Gruden's imprint still on this team that we can't shake it, that I don't think there's any other way but to revamp the entire structure.
1: That could I hate be. To say
0: that, but what the hell? What are we doing?
1: Well, to answer a couple of your questions, uh, well, yeah, the, if the, if we don't make the playoffs, it's it's going to entail, and I think it's going to be a necessity that we just rebuild the thing from the ground up, you know. You can't run the Gruden way next year without Gruden, obviously. So it's not even working now without Gruden. And you you, you said, why don't they put in Mariota? You know, I thought about that too, you know, beyond the red zone. I, I was calling for for the red zone, you know, going into this last week, and we don't see it yet again. We struggle in the red zone again, you know. We get the ball, and Gawkwe turns the ball over in the first quarter. We get the ball in the red zone, first and ten, and we go three and out and kick a field goal. The reason why I don't think they want to put Mariota in outside of the red zone is because I think they, they realize the minute they put him in and Carr has to sit down, it's over for Carr. And for some reason, this team really seems to fear a quarterback controversy. They just, I don't know if it's they we have a little bit too much respect for Derek Carr or what, but they know that once they do that, it's pretty much over. The Carr era would be, that'd be signaling the end.
0: There'd I be no more pretenses
1: about it. But here's the thing, though, the, Raspi, the season's slipping away anyway, so I don't know. What are we saving for? And I've been a guy, Raspy all admitted, and Nation all admitted to, you know, long-time listen, listeners of the show, this is not going to be anything new to you coming from me. I've been one of the, the members of the group that has said, you know, I need to see the improvement. If you, I need to see the better option if you want to move on from Derek Carr. You know, we can win with this guy if we build up the defense or this or that, that has not – it does not look like that part is being proven to be true. Looking at Herbert last night against the Steelers' defense, injuries or not, you know, it's still the Steelers' defense. Throws for three, runs for 90. You see – we already know what Mahomes can do. And I, I don't know that I – if we don't make – this is all contingent on us continuing this collapse again this year, which I think most of us expect because we just ha- – we, we haven't seemed to be able to turn it – you know, pull ourselves and turn out of these, these tailspins. What am I afraid of with the rebuild? Because we haven't built anything. I realized that I'm afraid of a rebuild that was, that's at the heart of this thing that I'm afraid of a rebuild and and the prospects of losing a number of, you know, however many years going ahead. If we've, if this, we're not making the playoffs now anyway. So I don't know, you know, I had to check myself on that. I'm afraid of a rebuild, but in order to be afraid of a rebuild, then that means that the Raiders would have had to have built something to begin with. And they haven't not making the playoffs year over year over, you know, it's been five years and this is going to be probably another time we miss a playoffs again. So I don't know what I'm afraid of. If it, There's no sense being afraid of not missing the playoffs again, one way or the other. So
0: when well, I agree and it's like, you know, the, I understand your point, too, and it's, it's there's a hell of a lot of validity there, too, because I understand if you, you sit car, it's pretty much over. But you fear that more than losing and losing and losing some more? I, I don't. I'm sorry. He's just one man. You know what? He's he's going to be fine. He's made himself a truckload of money. He, he can do whatever he wants. I'm not worried about that. He'll be just fine. I, what I am worried about is rooting for a freaking losing franchise every single season when there's reasons that we lose that are our own damn fault and at our own detriment, and we just continue to double and triple down on the same stupid mistakes and do the same thing and allow this guy to just get a pass. There's not another team in the league that would let this quarterback quarterback like this get away with this crap, dude. No way. You'd be gone, period, let alone talking about an extension. Come on, man. What are we doing? We, just yeah, look, I, we look weak, dude. He looks like he controls this whole entire franchise, and we look weak, man. Who owns this franchise? Is it Derek Carr or is it Mr. Davis?
1: You know, it, it's... Can I confess something to you real quick and to, to Nation? Absolutely. The real reason why I'm starting to finally have second guesses and some deeper questions about Derek Carr and his future with the Raiders organization is it's not just the play on the field, although that gave me some pause big time as well. The last two to three weeks, really the last two weeks, especially no, really all three weeks. It's just been very bad football and the inconsistencies, the years that have gone on. It's really, but it's been two other things. The first thing is I hear a lot of people saying that it's the Henry Ruggs tragedy and the mistake horridness mistake that he made in the absence of rugs on this, on this offense is one of the things that's contributing to Derek Carr. And for about two seconds, I wanted to go with that too. And then I had to check myself again. And I, and I thought, does it make any sense to me if I remove Derek Carr from this equation and I put say Steve Young, Phillip rivers, somebody like that right into that equation, does it make any sense if we were eight years in with Steve Young four years in the same system with Steve Young and we're saying that Steve Young can't get it done in year eight and in year four because a second year wide receiver got taken off the team. That did not compute with me that that would make sense that an eight year quarterback, a veteran franchise quarterback would be behold his performance, his fate would be beholden to a second year receiver that was just this year starting to figure it out and was just starting to take off. That didn't make sense. Number two, the post-game press conference really bothered me. And to hear Derek Carr say, you know, it's something to the effect of, I'm not quoting him word for word here, Raider fan, so don't, you know, don't dock me too much if I butcher it, but I will get the gist of it. He said something to the effect of it's been 20 years. He was a Raider fan before he became the Raider quarterback, which is true if anybody knows his history. he That's true. He's not just saying that. So he says something to the effect of he's been a Raider fan for 20 years and he's sick of this crap too, that this has gone on for the last 20 years. He's sick of this crap and it makes him sick and he just hopes that he's a part of this when it does turn around. That really bothered me, guys, for two reasons. And that's because, well, really for one reason. 20 years means that he's meaning since 2002. Well, 2002, that means that this year would be included in that. That this is yet another year that we don't get it done. And then he says that he hopes that he's, he just wants to be here when, when we do turn it around. Again, doubling down on the whole idea that this season, he's given he's, the subtext there is that he's already added this season to the list of the 20 years that hasn't gotten it done, which begs the question has he given up on this season already? If you take the man, if you read between the lines, I'm a screenwriter. So a lot of when you write dialogue as subtext, the characters don't just come out and say, what's on their mind. If a char- if one character wants to divorce his wife, you don't ever see a character walk in and say, honey, I want a divorce. He'll say something else like, you know, whatever, you know, he'll he, a roundabout way of saying it when you, re- so I'm a very, I'm very uh, attuned to subtext. And when you say that, you know, I'm sick of this crap, it's gone on for 20 years. And this is the 20th year. And I just hope to be here when we do turn it around means that we're not turning around this year it sounds like he's given up on this year, Raspy, and that really bothers me.
0: Well, it flat out does, man. And this—I don't know. I guess I've always talked about it too. Just that fire of you know, for him to to just have that, you know. Put him away type of mentality, man. That's not what you want to hear from your quarterback right now. I'm hoping I'll be here. You're you're here. You've been here. So you mean, and you've been here for eight years. So you're you're almost half of that, bro. Do the math. That's forty some <laughs> percent of this, man. It's you. So so we're just supposed to give you another five years and hope that you can pull it, you know, pull it out of your, wrap it out of your hat. I just don't see it happening, man. So. I guarantee if you did a poll and, and ask all of nation what percentage they thought that he was going to pull us out of this tailspin with what we've seen in the past, it's going to weigh favorably on the wrong side. And if he's already given up, man, then there's no reason for him to be here. If he's already chalking this up, man, then there's no reason for him to play any more downs. Sorry.
1: That does have me thinking it may be time to look at Mariota as a starter for the rest of the season. If if he's already mailed in, we how many we can't we can't afford to mail in seasons as the Raiders halfway through, and he just has no confidence in his own ability to pull this team out of a tailspin. Would Brett would his hero Brett Favre have said something like that with the Packers back in the day? I don't think so.
0: I don't think any cool. damn quarterback would say that, man.
1: No not a franchise one.
0: Yeah, especially not any good ones. But yeah, exactly. So it's like, what are we doing? man? I just don't get it, man. I just, I don't know how long we're going to sit here and be mediocre before we finally decide to, to make some, to make a change, to make something happen, you know?
1: You have to look at the entire eight years and I'm really, you know, it hurts me to have to do this because I still like cars, as a person. I still believe that in maybe in a different situation, he could be a winning quarterback. But here with the Raiders, I have to take a deep look at this situation. And we've tried three or four or five different ways to build around him to win, right, guys?
0: That's what drives me crazy too, man.
1: Well, we've tried the two shifty wide receivers out wide, Coop and Crab, and we had the most – granted, we had the most success with that formula. We make the playoffs one year, but we all have to be honest with ourselves. 2016 is looking more and more fluky by the year. It was not sustainable, and it wasn't. So we had to blow that up after a couple more years where that didn't work. Then we tried the powerful, expensive, you know – massive offensive line that was just going to block out any potential pass rush and just give Derek Carr all the time in the world. That didn't work because the defense, he got 90% of the salary cap on the offense those years and the defense, we couldn't field a good defense and we had Paul Gunther to boot. So we, Paul Gunther's not going to make chicken salad out of chicken, you know what? We all know that. So then we we rightfully realized, well that's not that's not working. So then they take away the offensive line and reinvest in the defense. For those people complaining about the offensive line, you guys are the same people saying that we didn't have a defense. Do the we have a salary cap, guys? Do the math. Do we need to have the salary the, the a cap guy on the show to break it down? So they they take money away from the offensive line to give to the defense. That you all guys, including myself, we all said Derek Carr needed the average to above average defense this year. So they did that, and it's even worse now. The offense has regressed. So it's just not looking like I don't see the viable formula to try to, what's the formula to win with Derek Carr? Ask me.
0: I'll say it again at this point, man, I don't, I don't think there is one man, maybe for him, like you said, a change of scenery on another team, but it's not going to happen here, man. We need a quarterback that flat out is going to come here with the attitude that failure is not an option and that we have to change this, man. So, I'm sorry. He's not the guy, man. I'll say, I've said it once. I'll say it again. I'll say it a thousand times. He's not the guy. It sucks to say, dude. And I haven't been some hater of cars since day one by any means, but I'm also a realist. And after watching this, you know, watching him for four or five years and seeing the same thing. And then the next three, he follows it up with just more of the same. (laughs) One winning season, man, in eight years is not cutting it. And like I said, they're in another team in the league that would, Let that ride, but we sure as hell do.
1: Yeah, it you just you just don't see quarterbacks. I mean, Derek Carr has the record for the most losses after seven and eight seasons. I think six, seven, and eight. And you know, there's been one common denominator here. You know, as hard as that is for me to to admit, time of possession, guys. Is again, it's the same story. The Bengals, 37 minutes and 20 seconds of time of possession to the Raiders at only 22 minutes and 40 seconds. Uh, A significant portion of that, as we know, was amassed in garbage time. So when the game was on the line, the the Bengals took another page out of the Chiefs' playbook, dominated the time of possession against the Raiders, and that's mainly because of the third down issues that we've had. Um, Just real quick, the running game, again – basically MIA, ineffective, no impact on the game. Jacobs, nine carries for 37 yards, 4.1 per carry, whatever. Drake, five for 23, 4.6, yada, yada, yada. No impact on the game from the running game, could not sustain, could not pick up first downs, keep the offense on the field. Uh, But the thing that was weird about it, Rasp, is I didn't think the offensive line was terrible. I thought especially they gave Derek Carr some time.
0: Well, and that's what I was saying earlier, too, when I was saying the whole team. And I was like, well, that was kind of harsh because I don't want to bag on the whole line did play. They kept him clean, man. <laughs> you know, and what's this? We talked about this, too, man. Like, well, first off, real quick, pitch six points at the half, man. The guy had, like, 80 yards was passing in, like, the first half. Three of them were
1: gifted by Ngakwe, too. Three yeah, of those were gifted was, by Ngakwe. Yeah,
0: absolutely pathetic, man. So he hung three points in the first half at home. You know, against a team who starts slow, and we talked about that in the pregame. Man, we had to get off. He has no ability to get off, man. I don't understand that at all. And Sorry, the Bengals started
1: slow, just like we, yeah. just like we thought based off their numbers that there was a possibility that they could do that. They started off slow, and we we give that advantage right back by scoring, like you said, three essentially three points in the first half because Ngakwe scored those other three. It.
0: the receivers so sorry to cut you off but and when we we spoke about this just off air too how many times guys do you see him rolling out leaving the pocket he never wins when he leaves the pocket ever. Uh, you, you see Mahomes and mm-hmm. Herbert. and I'm sorry to keep, you know, beating on the same exact drum, man. But it's the truth. Usually when a guy leaves the pocket, he's looking to make a play. It's like when Carr does, he's just conceding on the play. Because when he gets out, he either rolls off to his opposite side and cuts off half the field and doesn't see anything on the other side, you know, or he just curls up in a ball because pressure gets too close. You know How many times do you see him actually stand in there and, and throw a ball and take a shot? I saw one the other week and it was the first one I had seen in a while because like, it stood out to me so much. He does not want to be hit. He Sometimes he plays hesitant and at times he looks scared and confused and a guy that's been in the league and knows the X's and O's of this football game but also just the X's and O's of how our team works. He knows that's not going to be sustainable and it's not going to get us W's but he continues to to do the same thing over and over and over again, man. And then on the fumble, the fumble, the phantom fumble, I'm thinking that he got hit in his arm. Did they hit him in like below the knees, like at the ankle and he just coughs up a fumble. This guy, does he run out there with freaking Vaseline on his hands? I don't understand how the hell do you get hit at the feet and the ball comes flying out. It's like, you just, I have no idea. I it's some of the stuff that goes on and some of the plays that he makes, are such backbreakers, and they're just they nullify anything good that has been done on that drive because he just turns it right back over and it's just some huge just game-wrecking play
1: and his lack of his lack of willingness to make plays i've put up with that for all these years because a lot of the times he was doing such good work from the pocket but over the last three weeks now you know you just see, you just see the difference when when, when a quarterback has, the, and it's. I'm not always talking about. I, I don't. I didn't expect him to to somehow evolve into Lamar Jackson or Michael Vick and just no. running around out there. Nor did I expect him to necessarily evolve into Patrick Mahomes, where he's running around throwing no look lasers, you know, sixty yards the other way on a dime. But just adds. He has the ability to add some of that element to his game just looking to make a play and he just, it's clear through eight years, he's just not willing or doesn't have the instincts to do that. Another thing that, that isn't helping anything on this offense, Raspy. and I'm no means making excuses for Carr's performance yesterday, but it was not just Carr. These receivers are trash right now, guys, you know, Darren Waller had a bounce back game, seven catches for a bill 16, good for 16.6 per catch. Didn't love Carr's snarky response to one of the Raiders reporters asking about the receivers after the game, and Carr gave this he cut, kind of cut him off and gave him the response. Well, Waller got off today, so we checked that box, right? Didn't oh, love so. to hear that either at all. Um, Renfro four catches for 30 yards. We need to retire the third and Renfro thing for the rest of the year, guys, because he's not converting anything on these third downs with 25% third downs since Gruden left, which I'm going to get into next and you know Zay Jones one catch for 20 yards Brian Edwards zero targets zero anything this is the second game out of the last 3 where Brian Edwards on the outside got zero targets whatsoever and if he didn't move him inside in the second half against the Chiefs last week Raspi he would probably would have been blanked again these guys on the outside just are not they're not winning Raspi they're just not getting it done
0: I agree. And, and I mean, there's, there's something to be said about that for sure, but there was one play in particular, man, where I think we might've been like the third quarter. So the car did the same thing I told you about. He rolls off to his right side. Zay Jones is is running across now. He doesn't have separation, but he's got single, he's got single man-to-man coverage over the top. There's something to be said about sometimes throwing the, throwing your guys open or giving them an opportunity in a one-on-one, but he's like afraid to even let it fly anymore. It's like as soon as Ruggs is gone, he's afraid to let the ball fly down the field. Now I get it. We don't have that that burner who's going to, you know, But this is the NFL, man. Your guys aren't always going to be wide open. But I do totally agree with you on the separation because you have to have guys that can separate or else it's just going to be problematic. And I, I totally get that. But I, I, I rarely see him throwing guys open and giving guys opportunities, man. And these crucial, crucial downs where – you know, and even Waller on that same play, he throws. He could have went deep to Zay Jones at the corner of the end zone and just thrown it up left where nobody could have got it. it. And you know, it would have been Zay or nobody, or at least it would have been the majority of that percentage going to Zay. Or he could have just went over the linebackers and had Waller coming across towards the sideline, wide open for about a thirty-yard grab too. So I don't know, man. I'm just I, you're, you're right, and I'm not. I'm not just. I'm completely just passion on him at this point but i'm just i just keep seeing like i said the more things change no matter how we do it the more things stay the same and he's just not getting it done he's not putting us in positions to win the ball games man and then on top of that towards the end of the games he's finding ways to just completely erase any chance we have with just stupid piss poor turnovers man
1: well i i do agree with that but one thing i have to say guys is I told you so, okay? Zay Jones not cutting it out there. Brian Edwards, again, with the zero targets. I'm not sure if he's not it or if he's just not ready, but either way, this year it ain't happening with Edwards out there. We needed him to step up on the outside, and it just isn't happening. I told you guys about Aguilar, uh, uh, Nelson Aguilar. I told you guys that when when you – Derek Carr had a rapport with him, and when Derek Carr does not trust his receivers, go back, and and you guys remember me saying this – when he does not trust his receivers, he shells up. We saw it before when they got rid of Coop and Crab, and we're we're seeing it again. And you know it was weird. I saw a bunch of guys out there chirping when we got rid of Aguilar, like early in the season. Like, oh, I thought we needed Aguilar. Look at his stats with the Patriots. Look at this. Well, now look. I don't see anybody laughing about that now. Who knows if Aguilar was still on this roster? Maybe he fills the role that Rugs left, and maybe that there wasn't this type this type of drop off on the outside. So. You know, for everybody that was gloating about how we didn't need Nelson, you know, maybe we need to put – we all needed to pump the brakes on that a little bit because now it appears like you just can't mess with this guy. And if you're going to keep Derek Carr, you have to have receivers that he has chemistry with and you have to keep them on the team. I don't – the fact that the Raiders still didn't understand this is – it's wild to me. Coaching to Raspy – I don't want to spend too much time on this, but just real quick, Raspy. You know, since Gruden left, when Gruden was here this season, we were converting 41.4. This is from Josh Dubow. We we're convert, converting 41.4% of our third downs. Under Olsen, that's dropped, as I said a minute ago, down to 25%. And the red zone, the, the, the red zone, listen to this, Raspi, the last three years, we went from uh, uh, three, two years ago, we were, or three years ago, rather, we were 22nd in the red zone. So not good by any stretch. The year after that, we fell one down to 23rd this season. We're down to 26th in the red zone. It's not getting better there. And lastly, Raspi, before I turn this over to you for, for your thoughts, Rich Basaccia is kind of, we know who he is now. Okay. He's ultra conservative he cost us at least 5% of win probability in the first half. Not a lot, but when you're the Raiders and you're struggling, you need every edge you can get, and he cost us another 5% of win probability in the first half by not going for the, some of those closer f- uh, fourth down conversions, and he did. He compounded it again in the second half, Raspy. Coaching's not getting it done right now.
0: No, not even close, man. And, and Olsen, I don't know if he's just, he just seems like just an extension of Gruden, you know, and I'm so sick and tired of even going back to that, but that's, it's the same thing. And, and, and he's a lousier version from what you're saying. So damn, (laughs) what are we doing? You know, it's this, I'm sorry, man. This isn't 1985 anymore, man. You have to score points. You have to be able to, you know, bust out some firepower, man. You're not going to win games 20 to 15, you know. It's just not going to happen. So, settling for field goals, being lackluster with your play calling in the red zone, you know, refusing to stretch the field or field or be, try to be dynamic in any way, shape, or form, man – you know, we, we were talking about this weeks ago, man. Maybe he's trying to get the run game going. Maybe some, some in the round, some jet sweeps, some tosses. I mean, just anything. We'd look so vanilla, man. It's sickening. I mean, we'd look just boring as hell out there. No wonder we're not scoring. We're so easy to to defend because everybody knows exactly what the hell we're going to do. They, they talked about it in the game about all these young, talented players uh, you know, coordinators and stuff and how they are changing with the evolution of the game, man, and what these guys bring you with just some of their analytic play calling and situationals and stuff, man, that's what you have to have. You cannot be a dinosaur, man. It's just like anything, you know, if you're not changing with the times, you're going to be left in the dust, man. And that's what's happening.
1: You're right, Raspi. I, th- I thought it was interesting. I saw this. You know, I wasn't aware of this, but then when it, it's one of those things when you are made aware of it, it, it just makes you stop and shake your head, you know? Coming into this season, John Gruden was the oldest play caller in the National Football League, right? Not not a surprise, and but he was. And, you know, after Gruden was removed, Greg Olson takes over, and now he's the oldest play caller in the <laughs> National Football League. I don't think that that's a coincidence, with the lack of imagination and, you know, the lack of some of these more cutting edge concepts that Raspi just talked about that are changing the shape of the NFL, the way the game is being played. And and you look at the points, the Raiders are now only scoring 22.3 points per game, far below, you know, almost a touchdown. We're nearing a touchdown less per game off of last year's pace. And you guys know how big I am on the predictive power of yards per point in terms of playoff probability Raiders are now ranked uh twenty-third in yards per point. So and
0: weren't we scoring like twenty-eight or twenty-nine points for the first three or four games of the season, dude? It looked like we were just on fire and hitting our stride, dude. And then here comes the Bears game or whatever, and then and they give you a blueprint as to how you can shut us down with that with the two high, and then we just go into a shell.
1: Yeah, I mean, we started off scoring those kind of points, and then, again, five out of the last seven weeks, we score 13, 14, 16, 9, and 14. That'll kill it. That'll kill yeah. your points per game in a hurry. You know, we talked about it last week. The, even before this week, it'd been since, you know, it'd only been a handful of times that the Raiders have been held under 20 points that many times, even coming into the Bengals game. And we just added to that. I think we hadn't done it since, like, we did it in 2018, 2014, and then a couple times, like three or four times prior to that. Multiple times in the Derek Carr era. I don't think that is something that I can – me personally, I don't know that I can continue to pretend that that doesn't exist. you have anything else on this very disappointing performance from a dying Raiders offense?
0: No, other than the fact that uh, in a perfect world for, uh, for Raspy here, would be to revamp everything offensively. I know, you know, obviously this doesn't happen because when a new guy comes in, he kind of brings his regime with him. But I would love nothing more than to take everybody on the offensive side of the ball, dump it, flush it, leave Bradley. But I know that probably won't happen. But whatever it takes, man, like you said, in order to have to rebuild, you would have had to build something. You That was so profound. And nail on the head right there. Anybody that wants to argue it, Just look back a little bit. What have we actually built, man? We've changed the whole dynamic of it, trying to see what works for this. I've never seen a team so committed to changing every single thing they do for one guy. Now, I get it. It's the quarterback. But, man, after so many years, what do we – I mean, are we just going to continue to keep trying to change it to fit his knees to try to get what we need out of him? Eventually, man, one guy can't supersede the team.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's uh, They have some decisions to make if this continues the rest of the season. And uh, speaking of, you said you want us to find a way to keep Gus Bradley. You ready to talk about another impressive but ultimately pointless wasted performance by Bradley's defense? Yeah, why not? We discuss all of that with the Raiders' defense coming up next, and we also – Just real quick we'll give you our captains of the week and who walks the plank so all that coming up after this break (laughs) (laughs) this break is brought to you by scream genius horror boutique they've got a wide selection of horror themed and related products guys They've got, really, everything. They've got horror-themed apparel, bedroom sets, pillow covers, car seat covers, windshield covers. They really have it all, guys. For the ladies in particular, all the horror-loving ladies out there, they've got dresses, crop tops, sweatshirts, jackets, leggings. They really do have a wide selection for the ladies, and the fellas, they haven't forgot about you guys either. We know a lot of, a lot of Guys in Raider Nation love horror. And for you, they've got sweatshirts, horror Hawaiian shirts, button-down shirts, bomber jackets, baseball jackets, hoodies, and more. M- myself, I just went on there and grabbed a really cool Freddy Krueger baseball jacket. It actually kind of looks like it was made from Freddy Krueger's sweater. I mean, it's just it's it's just so cool, man. It's off the hook. Keeps me real warm here in spooky season. The, the weather's a little cooler these days and it's up to the task. They've also got the Goths covered as well. I know that there's a lot of members of Raider Nation that are Goths, they've got you guys covered as well, both men and women. And speaking of Raider Nation, that's how I found these guys. The the owner, guys, is actually a major, major Raider fan. And I know here at Raider Nation, we support our own. So, Nation, head on over to Etsy.com and search for Scream Genius. And see what all the five-star reviews are about. They they have very very reasonable shipping times as well. You know that's going to be important with the holidays coming up, guys. So head on over to Scream Genius on Etsy.com or at Etsy.com. And when you check out, guys, use promo code Scream77 for a nice discount. They'll hook you up. So head on over to ScreamGenius.com over at Etsy. And uh, make sure to tell them that the boys over there at Silver and Black Hack sent you. Scream Genius, the place to get your horror fan cred. Welcome back, Raider Nation, to the Silver and Black Hack podcast. I'm your host, back with you, Raider Heart, And we're talking Raiders, we're talking Bengals, we're talking another late season letdown, it looks like. Raiders lose. In embarrassing fashion, thirty-two to thirteen to the Cincinnati Bengals. Playoff hopes, looking uh, well, looking less and less likely. We have Raspy Raider back with us yet again to talk about the other side of the ball. Segment one: we went over the incre- increasingly disappointing Raiders offense and Derek Carr's. Uh, the offense looks like it's dying on the vine. Just, to, just to put it nicely, there another very disappointing performance by them. Not the case necessarily with the Raiders' defense. I thought that uh, they they played very tough. I thought they gave the Raiders more than one or two chances to win this ball game. To be perfectly frank with it, the uh, the Bengals came in averaging over twenty six points a game. If you guys remember on the pre the pregame show or the the preview show. It was a top 10 scoring unit. They were known for the big play. Jamar Chase is having a record-setting rookie season at wide receiver. You guys know that I've always had you know pretty high thoughts and opinions on Joe Burrow. The Raiders did a respectable job against all that. They hold Joe Burrow to 20 of 29 for 148 yards, a very, very pedestrian 5.1 yards per attempt. Only one touchdown to Jamar Chase, an average 53.9 QBR, and an even slightly below average 92.3 quarterback rating. Raspy, I thought Ngakwe and Crosby got off early and were trying to do their best to control the pace. I thought they put constant pressure on Joe Burrow. What was your bird's eye view of the Raiders' defensive performance? I thought they gave the Raiders any any chance that you would really fairly ask a defense to give you to win the ball game, especially when you're not a defensively built team.
0: No, man, and I'll hit this every single week, man. What are We literally had one bad game, and a lot of that was the offense just handing the Chiefs some, too, but... Our defense is doing exactly what we've asked and more than what we could have ever expected, man. And and this is still what happens. I mean, this this game it was a lot closer than the thirty two thirteen. We we gave them two touches at the end of the game, man, and garbage time with just piss poor play on the offense. So, no, our defense was flying around. Aside from a couple of stupid penalties, you know, Quentin Jefferson yeah. lining up off sides, taking a sack from Ngakwe and shutting that drive down. They score a touchdown on that because later on in the drive, we had a we had a late hit too. So, you know. But I'm not going to harp on that stuff because, bottom line, with all of that transpiring, dude, you still give your quarterback, who a lot of people say is borderline elite, a chance to win the game, and he gives you a goose egg, man. I'm so sick and tired of watching this. It was always with us. It's always been, you know, for the longest time, the defense has just been horrendous, man. You hold Burrow to 150 yards passing and you lose? Without Daniel Jones do 115 yards passing, you lose. I mean, it's – I don't know what Fields had in that game, but I know it wasn't much over 100 either. It's like you cannot ask more out of your defense. Our secondary man does not let teams get off, aside from the homes. But, I mean, he does – he can do that on anybody. But they've literally given us more than what we could have ever asked for. And you know what? I just feel bad for these guys because they play their asses off all game give you chance after chance after chance, and you just keep dumping the ball right back in their lap, dude. And putting them, getting, putting their back against the wall and just flat-out gassing these guys out. Because it's like, damn, they were like, didn't we just stop these guys? We're out there again? God gets that sack, one, two, three, and out. Kick a field goal. Like, it's sickening, man. RD has been great. And like you said, what they did with Chase, with the combination of what, you know, a couple of the guys in the secondary did was awesome. You, If if you were to tell us that that's what was going to be the stat sheet, I think we, I would have said we win the game going away. But I still, maybe. I, maybe I'm just an idiot because I still feel like this team has the ability to score points. But you know what? I, maybe I'm just living in a fantasy land because, you know, maybe I need to pinch myself here because I'm living in a dream land because it's just not happening.
1: You know, Jamar Chase three catches for 32 yards in in the one touchdown. You know, when the, with the kind of pace that he was on this season, and look, I, I'm not trying to harp on the just give him a defense crowd because I was one of you. I, I was one of the guys saying just give this guy a defense, and you know we do this and and, and this is the this is the the defense holds the Bengals to 4.1 yards per play. They sacked Burrow three times. Remember the pass rush, the lack of sacks, what a problem that's been in recent years. They sacked Joey Burrow three times, including that what should have been a big time strip sack. It was a big-time strip sack, but we wasted it instead of punching it in for a quick six and jumping up on these guys. You know, basically we we just we didn't even move the ball. We had to just settle for the the field goal. And Guys, I, I think that we we a lot of football fans we we may look at this the wrong way, you know, and, and and again, I'm I'm speaking because I see this in myself. I'm not calling other people out for something that, you know, I don't see in my own in my own self. And we talk about the quarterback and I talked about it myself as far as, you know, I'm scared to start over and I've heard it all, you know. Look at the laundry list of quarterbacks and scanning, and and do we really want to go back to that? I hear all that. I, I've been one of the. I've been one of you guys saying that. Why aren't we saying that about this defense? You know, we're at risk here of losing Gus Bradley. The first sign of life that we've seen on defense for at least the last twenty years. I would say, quite possibly, since the Howie Long days. Maybe even if you really want to go back there. We're, we're in danger of going right back. You want you talk about the list of quarterbacks. Do I need to list the, the defenses, the stats, the, the defensive coordinators over the years? Do we want to go back to that? This offense is putting all that in jeopardy. How come that doesn't bother more, more fans out there, Raspy?
0: No freaking clue because it bothers the hell out of me, man, because like I said, man, I've been 35 years watching this team and – Let's just say for the last twenty, it has. We've had some decent offenses that could score a little bit, you know, through all those times. But our defense has been trash, and now it's not. And so, what do we do? We go and revamp. We lose Gus, and we're right back to regressing. You know, I don't know, man. It scares the hell out of me. I don't know what it has to transpire, what has to take place, man. But. It just it just never fails, man. I'm telling you. I, I look around and I'm like, only the Raiders with some of this stuff, man. It's just with other teams, man.
1: The offense is good, the defense sucks. The defense is good, then the offense goes away. And it it does. It scares me to death the prospects of having to move on from Bradley. And who knows what we're gonna get with the next coordinator if it goes that way. I, I agree with Raspy. I hope that they can Find a, a young offensive-minded strategist with you know cutting-edge ideas on offense, especially cutting-edge passing concepts, and he's okay with with working with the veteran defensive coordinator with the type of track record that Gus Bradley has had. Now, I don't want to say that the defense was perfect in this game because I, I you know, the the. I can just hear some people saying, well, the defense wasn't perfect either. And and you guys were right. Raspberry already mentioned the stupid penalties that turned third down conversions or stops into conversions that later led to points. You know, the Raiders, again, allowed 50% conversion on those third downs due in large part to those penalties. That was a problem. The red zone defense, for whatever reason, we can keep teams. We You know, we do a very good job with the – big play slowing or eliminating the big play we can slow down passers receivers but when they get in the red zone some kind of way it's almost a guaranteed touchdown what do you think the issue is with the raiders red zone defense just real quick just in the season
0: i don't man i don't know that is like a total just conundrum because like you said man we we can we do so well in so many facets of it, but that is one of those things. And I don't know, man. I, I, I don't have an answer for that other than the fact that maybe I know we're not like uh, we're not going to be manning up a lot too, but I don't know. Sometimes it just seems like we have gaping holes out there, man. And I don't really know what, why that is. Maybe it's just some growing pains with some young guys out there when it it starts getting tight and you get into the red zone. I don't know. But even like I said, even with all of that, and I'm not sitting here saying that we're perfect by no means, man. We've got, you know, but considering what we have been, it's night and day sometimes sometimes stuff just trickles over, man. I mean, it, it, how fitting is that, right? Because our offense in the red zone has just been garbage for every year we talk about, this in the beginning of the year, one thing we have to be better about offensively is our red zone, you know, uh, scoring in the red zone. So it's, it's just, I don't know, it's almost kind of fitting, like, yeah, well, you know, that's going to be an Achilles heel in the defense, too. I really don't know, man. It, I wish I had a better answer, but because the pressure's there, you know? I don't know.
1: The pressure's
0: there. Not being able to stop the run is not helping it either.
1: That's a big part of it. I think that's a big part of it. The run issues carry over into the red zone as well. And I think you, you actually hit on another part of it that I didn't really think of, because I was genuinely looking for answers when I asked you that question. I wasn't just, putting, just throwing it to you. No, to, and I'm trying to, to, to give it. it to you, but it's... But but I think you did hit on something. The fact that we ran we run zone concepts sometimes near the goal line. Remember the touchdown of Jamar Chase? That was a zone. Yep. Remember that? Yep. He ran right into the hole. You can't give up a, a you can't give up voids in the end zone. I don't think by no, design like, of your
0: defense. So that
1: I don't know how often they've been running zone inside the lot. ten yard line. But it's a lot.
0: It's actually a lot more than you'd think.
1: Then that's then that's I have a problem with that. You got to run man down there, man. You got to run man inside, really in the red zone in general. I'm big on man. You can run zone and do all the things that you want between the twenties. I'm he's proven his his single deep zone. I've never been a believer in that scheme. He's proving it to me that it still can eliminate the big play between the twenties. But when they get down there, you've got to run more man inside the twenty, especially inside the ten. You just can't give up those voids. At certain
0: spots in the end zone, and you know, our coverage from the linebackers has been pretty lousy too. That's putting it. Yeah, later.
1: that's maybe it's not such a mystery. The more that I think about it, because right? yeah, Perryman can't cover in the anywhere. He did. He actually had one pass breakup yesterday, but that's why it stood out so much. Yep, because he struggles and. If he can't cover in the red zone, you're running zone in the red zone, and you can't stop the run, that's a pretty bad three-headed monster that's that's doing work on you down there. What would you think about Brandon Faison? I thought he was impressive.
0: Oh, I thought he was lights out, man. I mean – as much as I love Trayvon Mullen, I don't know what in the hell is going on with his status right now because it was never meant to be this long. Now, I get it. Sometimes things happen, guys regress, but they haven't really filled us in on that much, so it's so hard to say. But, man, he has uh, stepped in admirably, man, and I don't think there's been a drop-off there, to tell you the truth. Go grab a guy off the Chargers practice squad and have him come in and make that type of impact just instantaneously. Brandon Faison is balling out, man. I mean, he 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 was he got a little hemmed up last week, and you could tell he was he was a little you know hobbled, and, and it showed. But other than that, man, the guy has played lights out. He's been a huge, huge factor, and we have guys that can cover. Man, Hobbs is good. He can he can cover. You know, Hayward can cover one on one all day. It looks like Faison can as well. Now Abram, that's a whole other story. I I'm at the point where I think he's just a bust, but and then yeah. Merrick's out there doing his thing, man. I'm sorry, Abram. Yeah, Abram needs to he needs to not be a part of what we're doing moving forward because he makes zero impact.
1: It's time for Di- Divine Diablo or when he's healthy,
0: Gillespie um, or one of these healthy,
1: guys. Gillespie. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, I, you, I I also wanted to talk about uh, Merrick. I, I thought he. You know, when you look at these numbers with Chase, a lot of it is the the corners doing their thing. I mean, you saw Brandon face on stride for stride a couple times with Chase on streak routes, which is very, very impressive. Before his before his injury, we saw the first rep he had against Tyree Kill last Sunday night was running step for step with him before he, he got injured and, and really his play tailed off for the rest of that game. But Merrick, you, we can't overlook his role in stopping these big plays. I mean, Jamar Chase, he's a historic rookie this year. And the deep ball has been a big part of that. You know, he. some people could say that Merrick should have had the interception on a couple of those plays where, you know, he was coming over there and, and breaking up passes on some of those go routes. But, man, Trayvon Merrick has been, I had high expectations, man. He's one of the best, I think he's one of the best single deep, I know that this is no longer a single deep safety league, or at least it looks like it's going away from that, but he does everything that you need a single deep safety to do. And he's doing it at a level raspy right now. That's at least several times better than I thought that he was going to be able to do this early in his career.
0: Oh yeah. And I think he's the kind of guy that could play in any system. He's just that talented the way he's, man, that's, that single-handedly is probably the most important position on our team. We got a rookie doing it, and he's doing it at, like, damn near a Pro Bowl level. I mean, the guy's balling out. You couldn't ask for any more from that guy. And Hobbs as well. What our rookies have given us in the secondary, those, just those two guys right there, man, has just been phenomenal. So, I mean, hats off to those boys, man. I mean, and this is, you know, this is a top-ten scoring offense, man, that they pretty much held to 20, you know, Twenty points or less, you know, without the garbage nonsense at the end of the game. So it, it was, was thirteen points more than that, dude. It was
1: thirteen points until you know, into in halfway through the fourth quarter, man. You know, thirteen.
0: So and it, and it felt it felt insurmountable. How the did. hell does that even happen, dude? That's where it boils down to me. I know we're talking D, but that's where it boils down to me for Carr is when you got a team, you're, you know, you're holding a, a good offensive team that fires off late and can really score to 13 points midway through the fourth, and it feels insurmountable. Man, I feel bad for this defense, man.
1: It's bad, man. And I just thought of something that just hit me. Why isn't it? I said this before about the Chargers, and it's absolutely proven true. Why doesn't it bother us more that the Bengals were able to reload and rebuild in two years with the second-year quarterback, a whole new everything, a whole new head coach regime, the whole thing, new rec- rookie receiver, and they've already surpassed us? So that goes against me, guys. That's on me and and us that have been saying. We can't get rid of Derek Carr because you never know at the quarterback. We would be these guys got a quarterback and, and they're better than us in two years. They got rid of their old guy. They got rid of Andy Dalton that wasn't cutting it anymore. They drafted Joe Burrow, and two years later they're already they've already leapfrogged us. So this this idea that it can't happen and it's guaranteed to be another 20 plus years, it's just not the more I think about it, I sound dumb being on that side of it because we just got beat by a team that reloaded with a new quarterback, a new rebuild and rebuilds should rebuilds that work raspy should only take 2 years, 2 to 3 years tops. 3 years is really pushing it.
0: Agreed. That's why coaches don't get 10 year contracts and stuff, dude. You know what I'm saying? It's like <laughs> that's why you don't give guys that are that play mediocre ball 5 5 years. I'm sorry, man. If they if they somehow, some way, find a way to give Carr an extension, I am going to lose my mind.
1: I just don't see how they could give him an extension where he's asking for anything close to market value. But these are the Raiders. These are the Raiders at the very same time. So, you know, yeah, that bothers me that another team in the AFC, yet another team in the AFC, was able to rebuild and reload the Chargers too. guy, I mean, again, right in our own division, they did this. They yeah. got Philip Rivers was no longer that guy. He aged out. They got rid of him. Got it. The very next quarterback was an upgrade over us and over over Philip at that point. It was an upgrade over Philip Rivers. So, you know, it, it, this thing can happen. The Dallas Cowboys did the same exact thing too. Romo out, Dak Prescott in. Run it right back again. So it's not, if you have the right scouting and everything, it can be done. But, man, I don't know. And
0: Even if if it doesn't work, does it look much different than what we're rolling out
1: there right now? You're right. You're right. Not making the playoffs is not making the playoffs, guys. I, right? Maybe some of you out there, maybe I fell into this too, where you know I would rather win nine games than two or three. I don't. I don't know that I agree with that. And not if me. Nine means if nine wins does not mean a playoff berth, then I don't know if I agree with that anymore with myself, even
0: Raspy. Right. Hey, man. You know what? It it uh says a lot about you know just your character and who you are as a you know as a guy who analyzes this the guy who bleeds this just like we all do man we're all we're not going to be right all the time you know but that's the difference mean heart'll tell you when we're not you know i'm not going to double down on stuff when i know i'm wrong or it didn't go the way but you also never could have saw this coming either though i guess maybe no, I you could have did. i don't know but it's like just a fall from grace that we have man i mean when we were 5 and 2 man it should have probably been 6 and 1 Five inch, and now the wheels are like literally damn near there. We're losing bolts, man. Lug nuts are falling off. Eventually the wheels will too.
1: Yeah, I mean we go down and get hammered down there in Big D on Turkey Day. You know, a, I think that's fun Thanksgiving. A, wheels are, are going to start coming up if they're not already. I mean, you could argue that one of the wheels is already off right now. So Throwing sparks. Throwing sparks. Uh, One thing, though, that does continue to plague this D is Mixon did get off a bit. Uh, 30 carries for a a bill 23. Just 4.1 yards per attempt, two touchdowns. But, guys, let's just be honest about it. We watched the game. He didn't get off until the defense was basically worn out. And it was garbage time, and he broke a couple late runs. I don't think that Joe Mixon in the running game was even on the list. Oh. the things that, that caused this loss on Sunday. so And
0: that'll eventually happen, man, when you continue to just, you know, backhand your defense with piss-poor offensive play and giving these guys nothing to play for, you know what I mean? And then they're out there predominantly, you know, all game, just gassed, man. Dude, they're only humans, man. These guys are going to run out of gas, bro.
1: Do we need to bring up the time of possession again? Thirty-seven yep. minutes plus to twenty-two minutes plus with the garbage time, with allowances for garbage time for the Raiders. So, any de- the eighty-five Bears are going to wear out at, at a certain point. Yep. And you know, evidenced by the fact that the eighty-five Bears didn't get back to any more Super Bowls. They wore out anyway. McMahon and them. You know what I mean? They They finished the job that year. There's a reason why they never got back to any more Super Bowls. Same thing with the. The Ravens, they had to rely on Trent Dilfer and – and uh, who's the um, – Banks, the other quarterback.
0: Tony Banks. That
1: Tony Banks weren't putting up any points. They finished that job. They were worn out. They never even threatened to get back to another Super Bowl with that Ravens defense. So it, it, it puts a lot of pressure on, on those guys. All in all, I think that most ra- reasonable Raider fans, I think we can agree that wasn't a perfect performance by the Raiders' defense by any means – but all in all, it's tough to hate on the, the performance that they put in at the end of the game. Okay. So, you have anything else on this defense that we overlooked?
0: No, man. I think I think I'm good.
1: <laughs> Did you find any kind of way to well we'd like to end on the positive note, so Uh, second or third week in a row that we have a whole lot of different options and candidates for who's going to be walking the plank this week. Why don't you start us off with your choice for walking the plank?
0: Well, I think we all know where I'm going. Yeah. (laughs) You know, again, you know, pedestrian performance by, you know, our $25 million a year guy. Now, I know that doesn't sound like a lot now, but at the time when he signed on that dotted line, he was the highest paid quarterback in the league car man it's time you walk the plank In 19 to 27 just 200, 215 yards one touchdown a pick and a fumble i mean it's, not, it's good just enough. not getting it done man and then just and then these situational things to where Car was saying, uh, or I'm sorry, Car was telling me, I don't know who dropped this. He could enlighten you on that. But um, when he said this, it like slapped me like a, you know, just put me in a realization moment real quick. Where Carr will, he'll he'll step back in the pocket, and sometimes he'll shift, he'll get sideways, and he'll cut off like half the field with his body, turn his back to half the field. I see it more when he rolls out. But if you seriously want to go back and just study some film, as rough as that is to do just see some of some of the movements that he makes in the pocket man they're not elite quarterback movements in the pocket he cuts off half the field a lot of the time and and then one thing he hasn't been doing you know in these previous years is throwing just limp noodle balls up in the middle of the field just give me balls like he's playing 500 out there man but no zip on the ball not stepping into his throws throwing off his back foot there's times man where it looks like he shouldn't even be out there so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat on it any bit anymore. But like Hart said, 33 fumbles since he's been in the league. Come on, man! Ball security is so important. Consistency is so important. And I'm sorry, but he's consistently inconsistent, man. And it's killing our team.
1: Yeah, you know, Derek Carr. We all agree that he, you know, he's not an elite quarterback. Even Carr supporters like myself have at least been that self-aware and that aware period just to admit that. But what I, and so I never entertained that, but what I did think about Derek Carr and I'm finally starting to wonder about that is I didn't think he was elite, but I thought he, I thought he could be a winning quarterback. And when, you know, with the defensive support this year and he's a 40% winning quarterback and, and dropping through eight years, getting harder and harder for me to continue to uh to make that case
0: for me there are other guys there are other guys i could have went with too but i just i feel i'd be remiss to not hammer that home
1: well i mean that this is the talk of the of raider nation this week is Derek Carr's future with the with the organization supporters haters everybody is you know engaged in this in this this conversation right now so i don't think that was sideways at all but I'm going to go the other part of the offense that I think is a is a major problem. Again, not scapegoating anybody, but the outside wide receivers guys. It's time you walk the plank, guys. It's just hot garbage out there. It, it's. When one of your when one of your outside guy, I'm trying to remember the last time I've if I've ever seen where a outside wide receiver has gone a three week stretch where two out of the three weeks he didn't even get a single target, a starter, that's just not going to cut it. And if Zay Jones is not exactly reminding us of you know 1985 Jerry Rice on the other side either, you know, barely getting a catch a game. I think he's had back to back games where he's only had one catch for for I think the exact numbers if i'm not mistaken, one catch for twenty yards in back to back games when both of your your outside guys are combining for one catch it's just not it's just not cutting it. I mentioned maybe possibly moving Renfro outside, and I get that he's got some size issues that may be a problem. He's not exactly a burner out there either, but he can get open at least these guys give me a guy who can get open on the outside versus versus one guy who can versus two guys who can't. And at this point, something's got to be done. Uh, if there's any hope at resuscitating this Raiders offense in this passing game, the rest of the season, not looking good guys.
0: Yeah. Back to your rice comment. Dave Jones Jones not as good as Jerry Rice in 2001? <laughs>
1: Jerry Rice in 2020 man I I don't know I
0: think I'd take Jerry Rice in 2020 to tell you the truth if you run
1: Rice out there right now he may be able to get more separation than these guys even though he's in his 50s or 60s or whatever he is at this point so not good not good at all on the outside or just with the Raiders offense in general Raspy could you find a captain this week
0: well, I could for sure, and I could actually could have found a few of them, but they're all on the one side of the ball—the one side that's actually deciding to buckle up their chin strap and come to work on these weekends. Um, uh, you know, I—I I, I could go with a dude that you guys know. I love the hot hand, and he's still balling. But I'm gonna go Brandon Face on, man. You listen to your captain, mate. With what he did, you know. Holding down, like you said, probably the best young receiver in the league, man. Three catches for 30-some yards. Um, Faison has just came in and given us so much crucial time, man, and his coverage, and he's good. He's good tackling, too. He's about as well-rounded as a guy as you're going to see. And I just I love the way he's he's aggressive. He stands in there. He's tall. He's long, but he's fast and can run stride for stride. Do whatever you got to do to keep this young man around. Because, man, like I said, Bradley plucked him off of the Chargers practice squad, man. Talk about a diamond in the rough. Keep this kid around. Brandon Faison, salute you, my brother. You're out there bringing your pail every day, and I appreciate you, man.
1: One thing I really like about Faison, too, man, you want to talk about a guy who... Was plucked off of somebody else's practice squad and then was just ready to go. when his number was called, man. I mean, he, he was ready from the first rep. He was out there and never looked back. And Raspy, the more I think about this, man, Faceon, Merig, Mullen, Hobbs, we drafted a whole lot of cover three, single deep corners, man. It may we, we may have to keep we may have to keep Bradley another year and and keep these guys in the system. I don't know if these guys fit some of this other stuff that's that's going out there as well. So that's just another thing to think about.
0: Good point.
1: I went with the other part of the the tandem that I felt really did a really good job to shut down uh, Jamar Chase. You went with Brandon Face on for some really good reasons that you illustrated, and I went with the guy behind him, his backup, his road dog that had his back back there. The, the, rookie sensation the one of the best rookie safeties no cap guys one of the best rookie safeties i've ever seen that gave it away marig you
0: listen to your captain mate
1: marig man this guy back there he's only given i think he's only given up three catches the whole season and he's started every every snap right
0: dude he's flat out dominant he's always out there all the time Yeah, he's up there working his tail off, man. That guy is, is, man,
1: he's it. He's got it, it. it. Night, though. I mean, you know, some rookies, you run him in slowly the first couple of weeks, you know, let him watch the veteran for the first few games or whatever, and then we'll, we'll work him in slowly. He was the guy right from the jump there. And how many safeties have you ever seen? Can you remember through you're into the second half of the season now? You're knocking on the door of December and you're you're starting deep safety is only giving him three catches the entire year let alone a rookie
0: yeah it's let alone in this system which is not an easy system to run <laughs> the
1: most demanding system that you could have for a single well for a safety a young safety yeah, absolutely. The full, you know and the only thing that's missing from his game right now even as a rookie he doesn't need to really improve his coverage or his instinct or his range that much. All he needs to add is the playmaking. And you've seen the last couple of weeks, he's dropping interceptions where he's just showing amazing range, where he's just flying in from center field, getting to the, all the way up to the sidelines and, you know, getting his hand. He did it last week to Mahomes. He did it yeah. again against Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. That's coming. You see it. The instincts and yeah. in the range there. He's getting his hands on the football so that piece of the puzzle, I mean, it could show up as, as early as next week. So this guy looks like the, the complete package. First round talent that somehow found its way to the second round at the Raiders Trayvon Merig. Oh,
0: good Captain. Good. Yeah, couldn't agree more, man. And those catches, those those drops that he did have, those are like laid out in multiple bodies out there. I mean, it's not like he's dropping ones right in his hands. I mean, he's just putting himself there and he's laying it all on the line, man. So those yep. aren't easy catches to make for a top flight wide receiver. You know what I mean? So like you said, those will come.
1: Yeah, it's just a matter of time. The instincts, when you have those kind of instincts and range to even get your hands on those balls, like you said, those would have been some circus stunt interceptions, you know? Yeah. One an elite safety needs to make, but it's one that elite safety... It takes somebody with that kind of ability to even attempt to make those plays. Yeah, to even, even be
0: there, you know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. That's Mahomes last week, you know? Yeah. That arm. So, absolutely. You got anything else this week, my man?
0: No, there's. I mean, there's, it sucks, man, because there's, there's a lot of good there, man, and it's just being nullified by just a lot of bad on the offense, man. And I just did not see it panning out like this, and that's why I'm so pissed off.
1: It just doesn't seem like we're ever going to see a day. I mean, I hope we do. I don't want to be negative with it, but I, it just feels like you wonder when the day is going to come where all those patient, passionate you know, bleeding silver and black Raider fans where we're actually going to see a team that the offense and defense is in sync and in unison and playing good football at the same time for extended period for a whole season at least. Right. It just, it's, a, it's, a, it's a seesaw, man. One is up, the other one's holding it back. Then you fix the other one, the other one goes right in the tank you, right after it, so.
0: It's tough, man. Being a Raider fan, not an easy task, my friend. The nation, we know you feel it, too. We appreciate you listening to us and letting us vent. And uh, by all means, vent to us, too. Hit us up. Let us know. Um, Man, I'm not trying to harp or to be some, you know, cold, wet blanket out here, guys. I'm just tired of losing. I'm tired of putting ourselves in situations to where it looks like we're starting to progress and then just to have, you know... There's a reason Hart and I were talking about this the other day, too. Like, you know, teams that start out 0-2, 0-3, their likelihood of, of not making the playoffs is really bad. Hart said it and nailed it on the head, too. He said, you can't have those during the season either. And as of right now, we've had a two-game losing streak and now a three-game losing streak. You cannot have these, man. We have to figure it out. So whatever the hell that looks like or whatever it takes, something's got to give, man. And if, and if it doesn't, then we have to come to the realization that we have to change.
1: It's looking that way, it's looking. Guys, uh, make sure to get your questions in early this week. If it's, especially if it's anything Cowboy or Thanksgiving Day game related, don't forget because we have the the much quicker turnaround. We're on Thursday night this week, guys. So get your questions, get your comments in for Ask Raspy. Uh, Again, make sure to spread the word, tell anybody that you know that's a Raider fan that's not currently subscribed to the show. um, Have them like, share, and subscribe. Join us here with the Silver and Black Hack family. Have them join the fun. Um, We're going to be back here with you guys to preview on a short week here, so make sure to to look for that. It's going to drop few days earlier than it normally does obviously because we have to get it in time for you guys to get ready for this game against the cowboys here i mean i would say it's a must win game but i i I don't want to insult your guys' intelligence to say that because we all know what it is if they lose this game so for my partner mr raspy raider this is your host as always raider Hart, and uh Collapse or not, guys, we're going to be here with you. We, we've been Raider fans since the days of Bo Jackson, so we're not going anywhere. as disappointing, as gut-wrenching as it can be at times. And uh, you know where to find your your all all the everything you need to know to get you ready for this Cowboys game. Until then, guys, be safe. If some of you guys are already off of work or traveling, make sure to be safe. Uh, enjoy your family and friends this week, obviously, guys on a holiday holiday week this week and uh thanksgiving week is all the more reason to do one thing one thing only above all above all else just win baby